Hello, everyone. I'm the other Ben. Last year, this little church plant was uh, meeting on Zoom this time of year, so it, it just makes me really happy that we were, we were all able to be here and, and sing, sing these carols together. Um, uh, obviously, uh, Christmas is coming up, and uh, it's a celebration of the arrival of Jesus. Um, and uh, the, this uh, time before Christmas is a church season called Advent, where we remember uh, the initial anticipation of Jesus's first arrival, and we anticipate his second coming. So it's only fitting that we're going to spend the next three weeks at the beginning of one of the Gospels, which are the books in the New Testament that uh, are about the life and teachings of Jesus. And they all start in different places. And uh, John, uh, who was one of Jesus's original 12 disciples and then one of his apostles, he starts his gospel in kind of a weird way uh, by saying that Jesus is the word. And so here's how he starts his book. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning, through him all things were made, without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that light, life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So he starts by claiming that Jesus is God, uh, which is an enormous claim to make. Uh, and it was a really big claim back then uh, when Jesus would say these things about himself. Uh, he would, uh, people would either try to kill him or um, it, it's one of the large reasons that he was executed. Uh, but today uh, we've got, um, it, it's still a big claim today and there's lots of levels to believing that Jesus is God, right? So first, um, is there even a guiding truth in the universe, or is all of our ideas of truth some sort of cultural construction? Uh, if there is a guiding truth, can we even discern what that truth is? Is it attached to uh, some sort of God or gods, and is that God Jesus? So lots of levels there, and there's a reason why these are big, weighty questions uh, that people wrestle with, and it's, um, it's uh, um, a, a barrier to believing in Jesus, um, because there's such big questions. Um, to be honest, uh, I grew up in a Christian family, and um, I, I've never really had a hard time uh, with that particular claim, that Jesus is God. And even as an adult, um, just, I, I don't know, something about my personality, I, I guess, like that's um, never been a big wrestling point for me. I've always wrestled more with John's second claim, that Jesus is a light that shines in the darkness. Uh, growing up, my family had its share of darkness. Uh, when my older brother was young, he got really sick, and it left him uh, with lifelong mental and physical disabilities. And so growing up, um, even though I believed Jesus was God, I I had the sense that if someone is the light of all mankind, it has to account for my family situation. And then as an adult, 
you know, it, it still is something that I wrestle with. Uh, does this light shine in my anxiety attacks? Um, is, does this light shine in America the last few years? Is this a light that shines in a pandemic? And I know that you don't have my particular set of circumstances, but because you're human and because you're on earth, I know that, that you've got your own darkness, uh, something that you're wrestling with or things that people you know are. And that's just part of being human. And if Jesus really is a light that shines in the darkness, then him being God would be good and welcome news. But first, uh, we need to know what John is saying in these verses. It's very poetic. Um, and first, uh, we know that he is talking about Jesus when he says the word. Um, because we just had the first few verses, you wouldn't really know it from these verses. But later in the chapter, in uh, verses 14 through 17, he says, uh, The word became flesh, or became a person, and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And then to eliminate any mystery about it, uh, in, in chapter 8 of this gospel, uh, we see Jesus use some of the same language about himself. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Great. Uh, Jesus is the word. What does the word mean? This is not something that we call other people. Um, let's ask the HarperCollins Bible Dictionary. In the Old Testament, God's word is central. God speaks and thus creates. He utters the words of the Ten Commandments. Prophets hear and speak what the Lord has spoken to them, for they are primarily recipients and transmitters of the word or the word of the Lord. So we we um, we see this um, uh, we we see an example of a prophet receiving and giving the word of the Lord at the beginning opening verses of Jeremiah. It says the words of Jeremiah, son of Hilkiah, is what this book is recording. The words of Jeremiah. Uh, one of the priests of Anathotha in the territory of Benjamin, the word of the Lord came to him in the 13th year of the reign of Joash. So we see that Jeremiah's words are powerful. They're worth being recorded, but he is not the source of that power. The word of the Lord was something given to him, and that's something that he shared with others. Jeremiah is not the word. Or as uh, his fellow prophet Isaiah put it, surely the people are grass, the grass withers, and the flowers fall. <laughs> people will wither and fall. But the word of our God stands forever. So John's doing something new here. By calling Jesus the word of God, he says that Jesus is categorically different than the prophets who received a message from the Lord and then shared that message with others. John here says that Jesus is the message of God. Um, so this idea of the word was strong in Jewish thought, but the gospel was also written in Greek. And the word was used with the, uh, the word logos. And in some schools of Greek philosophy, 
particularly Stoicism, uh, the Logos was, and I couldn't find a non-heady definition of this because I guess the Stoics are just like that. But uh, the Logos was the divine reason implicit in the cosmos, ordering it and giving it form and meaning, or the central idea holding the universe together. So by calling Jesus the Word, uh, John communicates uh, using these ideas of the Old Testament uh, and also bringing in people um, with the Greek language uh, communicates that Jesus is the message or communication of God, the divine reason of the universe. And then John says that Jesus is God and that he was in the beginning, uh, which is, uh, where else do we hear in the beginning? Genesis 1, yeah, the beginning of the Bible and all things. Uh, so I'm going to read the first uh, few verses of, um, of Genesis and the Bible and uh, see if you can spot any parallels between these two passages. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. Um, what, uh, what parallels do we see between these passages? This is open for the field. He used his words, slash word. Yeah, he creates through word or words. Yeah. Uh-huh. Light. Yeah. Light. <laughs> Where is this from? Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, you've, it's, it's darkness and light, and it's in the beginning, um, and God creating uh, through the word. And so if Jesus was there, that frames how we read the Old Testament. Um, uh, Obviously, if you're a follower of Jesus and you um, believe this claim, uh, then that is going to frame how you read the Old Testament, that Jesus was there in the beginning, that all of uh, creation and everything that follows was somehow through him. Uh, but even if you don't follow Jesus, if you're just considering Christianity, um, uh, that when, when we read the Old Testament, if you want to take Christianity seriously, um, you read the Old Testament in light of Jesus being in the beginning. So we see this light and dark, which is not just a cool reference to Genesis, though it is a cool reference to Genesis, but the light and dark is also metaphorical, which is a, a common metaphor today, right? Uh, Darth Vader is on what side of the force? The dark side. And Harry Potter takes classes in defense against the dark arts. Thank you. Um, yeah, so, so we're, we're used to seeing like light, good, dark, bad. And John is using this specifically um, for the ideas of truth and lies. So the Bible has um, uh, a letter that he wrote to some of his friends, and it says this, This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we live, we, we lie and do not live out the truth. So light, 
truth, dark lies, light in the darkness. So with all these things together, uh, John is making the claim that Jesus is the embodied message and communication of God, that Jesus is God himself, and that Jesus is a universal truth for all people. Like I said, a massive, massive claim that, that deserves exploration and deserves uh, questions. Uh, but also this claim that Jesus is God is uh, a central part of the Christian faith. And it was, we see here that this was written about by the earliest generation of believers. So John was with Jesus, and this is how he's framing his stories and teachings of Jesus. Um, and he's not the only one. Uh, we see um, in uh, the book of Hebrews, it starts with similar language, and uh, Paul Um, who was the subject of most of the book of Acts, which is about the spread of the early church, and he wrote most of the New Testament letters. Here's how he put it. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. So I just share that to just show that, that these weren't like ideas that were like generated in the fourth century and kind of imported later into the Bible. This idea that Jesus is God is there um, among the first generation of followers. And, and this lens is how John intends to frame his book. Um, and so when you read the stories and teachings of Jesus, it has to be accompanied uh, by these questions. What if he is God? What if he is the word of God? And you don't have to be a Christian to sit with these questions. That's just being a good reader When I watch The Matrix, I don't have to believe in The Matrix uh, to sit in the question of, is Neo, who I know is Keanu Reeves, (laughs) is he the one? That's just me being a good film viewer. And so just to to be a good reader, you need to uh, look and and to consider Christianity. Uh, You have to read the the stories and teachings of of Jesus in light of these questions of whether he's God, whether he's the word of God. And at times, when you do that, um, and you think about Jesus being God, uh, it can be moving when you're reading these stories. You read a story about Jesus, and you think, man, this, this feels like light shining in darkness. Um, and I'd love to hear, does anybody here have a story that just pops in their mind when I say that, of a story of Jesus that feels like light? shining in darkness. Yeah. Yeah, the transfiguration when he is illuminated. and the, Yeah. And so if he is, if, if that happened, if, if that's it, it's, you know, we can then ask, like, what does that mean about God if, you know, if, if Christ was, was transfigured like that? Does anyone else have a, have a story about Jesus that moves them? Connolly. Oh, yeah, Saul's conversion. Yeah. Um, yeah, 
Um, do you mind sharing, why, why is that a moving story to you? Yeah. So the story of, uh, well, at the time he was Saul, he became Paul, who wrote that Colossians quote. Um, yeah, so he, um, he was actually a, uh, he was opposed to the first generation of believers, and he, uh, and even um, was uh, responsible for, for some of their imprisonment, some of their death, and, um, and then Jesus uh, encounters him on, on the road to Damascus, and, uh, and you were saying that he was, he was blinded, uh, and he didn't just leave him like that. He, he didn't just leave him like that. This person who was an enemy of early Christianity, uh, he, um, he, he, he sent him to, to, to someone, uh, Ananias, who opened back up his eyes, and, and then he used Paul uh, to further his kingdom. And that's moving. That feels like light in the darkness. If, if this is something that Paul can be included in, if, if this is something that like people who, uh, if this is something that the that, that people were, were opposed, actively opposed to the spread of Christianity, maybe there's a place in that for me. And that feels like light in darkness. Um, and, and, this, uh, and those moments, those pockets, when, when uh, this, this shining light that we see in Christ, when we when we read the scriptures, uh, can move people from "what if this is true" to I, "I want this to be true" to "I believe this is true." That Jesus is the truth and the life. So, me growing up in a family um, that was largely in the, in the shadow of my brother's disabilities, I grew up hearing stories of a man named Jesus who said things when when you when you throw a party. Don't invite people who can pay you back, but invite the poor and invite the sick and invite people with disabilities. And, and it wasn't just talk. He, he loved people that, that were sick and, and he loved them and he had compassion on them and he wanted them at the party. He, he, they were got, uh, honored guests at his table. And then when they came to him, he had the power to heal them. Reading that as a kid, I really, really wanted that to be true. And it wasn't just these stories of Jesus. Faith in Jesus changed my parents. In my family, Joe was part of the party. And despite a random tragedy that made our lives different and harder, my parents' lives were not primarily marked by bitterness and sadness, but joy, peace, and hope. This light shined in darkness. So when you want it to be true, and then you believe it in true, what, what does it look like to, as John said, walk in the light, um, to align yourself with this light and with this God? Well, first, there's a, a problem, and uh, it's a pretty big one. <laughs> we're, we're attracted to Jesus and compelled by the, these stories and teachings because he's so good, and his kingdom is so beautifully different than things around here, and it feels like light because things are dark. Um, and I really like, uh, you know, y'all have lived in America the last few years. Um, I, I feel like the gospel of Christ uh, has not shined brighter um, in, in my reading of it um, than these last few years. Um, but, but, but it's not just like everyone else's darkness or society's darkness. There's our own. We know that Jesus is, is, is great and different, because he's different than us. He does things that we wouldn't do. 
Um, to use an incredibly silly and trite example, I'm, my kids are three and five, so I watch too much children's TV. I know that Daniel Tiger's mom is a saint because she's so patient and she knows just what to say and sing. I know that she's a saint because I'm not. There's a gap between me and Daniel Tiger's mom. And on the other side, Bluey's dad Bluey's dad is great because he's so present. He plays with his kids all the time. I don't think he works. And, and I don't do that. I don't do There's a gap between me and these cartoon animals. How much more between the word who is in the beginning? And it's, <clears throat> and it's not only our goodness that falls short of his goodness. There's things that we do that harm ourselves that harm other people, the gap just keeps growing and growing. And the Bible calls this gap sin, that it separates us from God, and that this gap is a lot bigger than we know. Is this good news? Well, here's some good news. Jesus is not just the truth and the life. He's the way. All of our verses today continue to talk about this. First John, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin, from the gap. Colossians, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Jesus and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once there was a gap. You were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. And here in John 1 to all who received the word, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. It's a gift that we only need to believe and to receive. And it's not just a cancellation of debt. It's not just getting rid of the gap. As children of God, we're given life and abundance. God gives us the Holy Spirit and a, a community of believers and and over time, we start looking more like Jesus, like my parents did. And as we return to the stories and words of Jesus over a lifetime, the Spirit gives us understanding and helps us to obey. We're given all this abundance, but we're not graded on it. It's not that we're trying to pay him back. We don't earn the light with our own light. Not when we first believe and not ever. And this, if true, is good news for everybody. Because if the Christian faith is based on believing things that are true all the time, being able to hold true things in your head all the time, that is not good news for me and my anxiety attacks or my friends with depression. But because it's all about what Christ did, I don't have to be a light when my mind gets dark. 
And if the Christian faith were based on just understanding a complex ethical code and a theological system, and if it's about our ability to serve other people in a way that looks like Jesus did, then that would be bad news for my brother and his disabilities. But because it's about what Jesus has done, Joe is not just a target of charity for followers of Jesus. He's a child of God. He's at a table and he's He's part of the kingdom because Jesus doesn't invite people who pay him back. What if he's God? What if he is the word that was in the beginning? It's still a huge claim that Jesus is God and it needs to be wrestled through. But if it's true that Jesus is God and if it's true that us being part of the party is not based on what we've done and what, uh, what he does, then, then this light doesn't just account for darkness. It doesn't just explain it. It's not just an alternative. This is light that shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. So that's why we celebrate communion every week. We celebrate the way of the word. The night before the cross, when he atoned for our sins, he had a meal with his friends. And while they were eating, the word who was in the beginning took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat, this is my body. And then the light of all mankind took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I'm going to pray. And then we're going to sing some songs and celebrate the word who is in the beginning. Uh, Father, we thank you. We thank you that you didn't just provide light, but you provided a way. Um, We thank you for this light that shines in the darkness. We're thankful for the word, uh, and we're thankful uh, for his arrival at Christmas, and we anticipate his second arrival. And we thank you that we're able to pray to you because of what he's done. We could just come to you and and say these things and that you listen. So in Christ's name, we pray all these things. Amen.